film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Uh, ho, ho, ho. That's right. <laughs> yeah, day after yeah. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, look at Brock still in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. yeah. I had a good Christmas. Good, man. No, I'm kidding. I don't know yet. We filmed this report before Christmas even happened. I'm just projecting it so it comes true. That's right. I got the text. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm wearing a Christmas hat. Yeah, man. I don't have a Christmas sweater or because I hate sweaters. I got green on to compliment hey, your red. That's, that's hey man. I know. Or Grinch. We're, we're good. We got Grinch in the middle. Damn. Greg of the Grinch. No, uh, well, for real though. Hopefully everybody had a really good Christmas and um, yeah, I, I know uh, we, we're real close uh, to each other and you know we don't buy each other gifts or anything. Thank God. Because you know Chris can't afford to give us another gift back, so we're like you know talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. Actually, we got a nice gift from you last year. I'm just messing with you guys. Uh, uh, you can cut that shit out. No, we got a nice gift from you last year on the uh, from the Bill Mosley sign thing. Appreciate oh yeah, that. I did. I did give you guys a really cool yeah. Christmas gift last year because we made a movie. Um, so do, do you, go ahead and tell them what I, I gave you guys. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, Brock pestered Bill Mosley to sign the call sheets. I know. Had me ask his agent outright <laughs> to see if he could sign some stuff. So he brought her in, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and then I, he just kept throwing shit out in front of him. <laughs> Not really. So I, 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 I printed out on some really, really good paper uh, the call sheet for that day that had Bill Mosley's name on it and obviously all of our names on it. And uh, I asked him pl- politely. I said, "Hey, uh, would you mind signing some stuff for me? I mean, I, I don't, you don't feel like you have to, but I really want to give this as Christmas gifts um, to my partners and also to my children." So I also printed out the call sheets of the day my kids were on set, and uh, Bill did not have a problem at all. He said, "Who do I make it out to? You know, how do I write it?" And he said. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, he he knew I wasn't gonna go sell his. Stuff. And that was that was Judy's thing too. It's just like yeah, nothing yeah. on eBay. You can't. It's just like no, no these no, are gonna personalize why, them and stuff. That's so. why I asked him. To I got ninety five bucks for mine. Oh, nice, Greg. <laughs> no, he did personalize it because he, he said did, he oh, did personalize. Thanks them. for listening to the corn bugs. That's right. That's what he said to mine because we jammed out in the car to corn bugs. Yeah, and uh, had them framed up. They turned out pretty good. Pretty anyway. good. My kids have them in their their rooms and. They yeah, like still it. getting nothing from me this year, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I, st- I still have mine. I haven't done anything with it. <laughs> oh, I hung mine up downstairs in my basement, yeah. Uh, everybody else had done something with theirs, but I, I hadn't yet. But, yeah, well, Merry Christmas uh, again to you guys. Is, oh. hope, hopefully you guys had a really good year. Yes. It was a good year. Finished a film this year. Well, not, this is not the New Year's wrap. but no. uh, But we did, have a, we did have a good year. But thinking about that, Brock, let's talk about people you meet on sets and that kind of stuff, relationships you build while you're making a movie. That's like my favorite part, part of my favorite part. Is is building those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You bring in a bunch of people who probably don't know each other. What, what percentage of the people on our film do you think didn't know each other? Uh, a quarter at least. Yeah, 25% you think didn't know, didn't know anybody on the film set? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less because I think everyone had some sort of connection to someone else, which is how a lot of independent films uh operate yeah it was fun watching that from the time we did read through to the time we brought these folks in that how tight 
people get mm-hmm. that are all put in a similar situation. It's crazy because I do a lot of did a lot of theater, and people get tight really quick in theater. I think to make things run smooth, that you you should build relationships with everybody in front of and especially behind the camera, because the people behind the camera are the ones actually doing most of the work, uh, unless you're producing at the same time. But uh, what what Greg has said earlier is. Uh, you get to know people and somehow you build this relationship up with them and you just keep on working with them. It seems like you keep working with the same group of people all the time. Now there's a handful of actors on Red Knight I, I know I knew of and but I just never worked on the same set with them. Uh, uh, most of them actually. Scott Michael Dunn, mm-hmm. I'd never worked with him side by side and he was uh, one of the main guys in the film with me and uh, he became pretty good friends on the film. Uh, Joe Hammerstone, I'd worked with a couple times, and he's always solid. Never had to worry about him at all. Uh, Jackie Kelly, I knew of her for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, I never worked with her, and man, we we seem to have really good chemistry on set, and obviously with Bill. None of us worked with Bill before. Yeah. And he, he I've said before, he couldn't have been a sweeter person, uh, for real. I think I mentioned this before, the way the way we, we, we talked, even off camera, it's... <laughs> It seemed like we knew each other for a while. It's kind of kind of cool. I had the advantage of, I guess, having to pick him up from the airport, right. dealing with his agent. I felt like I knew him even before because uh, Judy was feeding me all this stuff on him. I had prepared like this, hey, if he has anything he wants to do, he was in the trains. I mean, just the personal stuff you learn about him. And then when you get him there, you're like, man, is this guy really what she said he is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he turned out to just be the nicest guy in the world and just i mean it, that was a good thing i mean i don't know what your experience was with bill or anybody on set because you're directing yeah. right so you build relationships for sure but are they more professional or do you get the because we get downtime man there's time we get to have personal talks and I, I know more personal things about people that i probably never would have <laughs> had that many hours to spend with them talking but as a director what's your experience like as a director on an independent film set i have effectively zero downtime it's like you are running from the moment you get there to the moment you leave. And I know the cast and some of the crew have a different experience where there's lots of downtime in between. Like, say, you know, wardrobe is not always on, right? Uh, effects are not always on. Some people, the cinematographer, the, uh, the sound people, they always have to be on with the director. Uh, first AD is usually, you know, running their ass off. But you, I was explaining this whole phenomenon to my girlfriend because she's like, you know, what's it really like being on a set? I said, well, it's it's like this really intense kind of family situation that you're thrown into for a, a short amount of time that you build these really close relationships with people. And, you know, you have your own language, you have your own sort of inside jokes and and that it's it's just a really it's 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 why you do this sort of thing it's kind of like euphoric chaos you know because when you're producing and directing and there's a lot of stuff going on and it's kind of chaotic but it's something kind of magical being ready to shoot a movie yeah i'm 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 surprised how fast it happens because it does i mean you get on set and next thing you know this person you've never talked to you're a first talking about the movie, so you're yeah. talking about things you have in common. But very shortly after that, it happens very quick. It's it's surprising how quick it happens. I guess because you're all in the same boat. I guess 
and you're all there for a purpose to make the movie happen. So it's easier to, I don't know, get along, I guess, you know what I mean, than not. But it is a collective like a family. It is. Because you have, um, if you really compare it to a family, you have the crazy uncle, you have the, right? I mean, if you really look at it and break down your cast and crew. So on Red Night, we had a group of bikers for a scene. And uh, we had quite a few bikers. I don't know exactly how many, but 30 like 50. Yeah, 30 to 50, that. something like that. And they were background extras, whatever. Yes. But I didn't know any of them beforehand. I knew I knew a, a, a friend of mine was connected to uh, uh, Action Riders of Franklin County, and they're a big group, and they, they raise a lot of money for a lot of people that need, need money. And uh, they said they'd be happy to be in a movie. Uh, they said, what do you need? I said, well, just dress like bikers and ride your bikes, man. And uh, <laughs> Come as yourself. And now yes. there's a handful of them I'm friends with, and I talk to quite a few of them uh, all the time. I get messages from a handful of them all the time. And uh, they had a great time on set. They just acted like themselves, having a very good time and being in a movie. And they they were fun to work with, man. They were they had a blast. You remember that night? There was just all kinds of chaos going on. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> there, was very well. there was a lot of there was a lot of chaos. That a, I know that was the effect night, but I mean I throughout know. the night, I had like five hundred dollars in one dollar bills. I was worried uh, about yeah. trying to. <laughs> yeah, that was I, that was pretty damn stressful. I remember. It was stressful for you. I mean, it was a little bit stressful for me because I wanted them to, well, enjoy the experience. Right. And they did. They did. And uh, But then you know, after so many hours, you know, they they get a little antsy. They were fine. I was getting more antsy. No, me. they were. They they fell right into the movie practice. Yeah. Oh, hurry up and wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny what you can do when you offer them, uh, you know, some... Free beer. And <laughs> some free beer, a place to hang out. I mean, that's right up their alley. Man. Yeah. No, they had a good time. But I, I guess the point is, now I'm friends with those guys. And any other time we need bikers in a movie, guess what? Man, they're going to be there. Oh, I, I agree. I think you we created a good experience for them mm-hmm. with... Obviously, Brock, you you taking the brunt of that to make sure you really did. You you sure. went above and beyond on that night to really drive that for them. Well, you can say that about all of us on any given night. When it's our people, we try and take care of our connections to get. Like I got the bikers there, right? Yeah, you, you had the connections to the bar scene, right? And you know you made sure that you took care of them. You know, and and Chris, you had to take care of kind of everybody at the same <laughs> time, but. You know, it's different when you're the one who got the locations. You're the one who got the connection to the actors or the uh, the extras. You really want to make sure you treat them right. And uh, you, you do that and you keep that good relationship, which we're talking about tonight. And they'll be there for you next time. Well, the reason that I even got to thinking about this topic is one of our, I guess, our last film before Red Night at Skies was 35 Days. Mm-hmm. And we are prepping that for release. Actually, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a process to get it there. But I was going through the files and and looking at everything, and just th- that's a movie about finishing a movie. So it's mm-hmm. a movie about filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And I just was looking at all the footage and just remembering what a what a fun time we had making that, and what a good experience it was, and what a, a great tribute it was to my my friend Stephen Heffernan. And I was talking to my girlfriend about, you know, the whole phenomenon of how you, how you get really close with people in a really short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And having been doing this, me, having been doing this since 1999, I, I feel very fortunate there has been very few instances of people who did not get along or people who brought a negative vibe to the set. 
and really only a couple. And we're talking, you know, almost 25 years and hundreds of people work with on many projects. It's only been a couple of times where someone was just kind of a negative downer. And you get them the hell out quick. Yeah. Because that one poison apple can spoil the whole barrel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's a great point. As, as professional as your set is, it's still not, you don't have every level of everybody on set. So one poison apple can, in an independent film, bring down a lot. Yeah, because there was an effects guy we were talking to for Red Knight that we were going to bring in. But there was just something about the person. I was like, man, I don't know. I just keep getting this vibe that they're going to be a pain in the ass. And I, I just couldn't shake it. So, I, And I think they ended up backing out due to COVID. And that's when we got Zach. And Zach was, you know, good dude to work with. And that's what you want, man. You, I, There have been instances where I've encountered someone who was technically of a higher skill level. But they they just didn't have the right personality for this. So it's like, I'll go with someone who is not quite as talented, but who is easier to get along with every time. I do that in, in business in general, for sure. I mean, if you got somebody you can, who gets you and you get them and, you know, like I said, they might not have ex- the exact talent you're looking for, but you can always build them up to that level. Yeah, you can pull the talent out of them or mm-hmm. make sure you, you get out of them what you want. But what you can't bring is the attitude. You can't or, change a person's personality. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that I think that's key. And it's it's strange when you bring in people you don't know, but they were recommended by somebody else, and then they gel right in, Yeah, which is awesome. I, I look at the entire experiences as, like you said, it's a very short period of time. The only people that are ever going to say they had that experience on that film are the people that worked on it. So it's a shared experience. You can take that in life when other things happen, right? War, right? Some people were in a battle. That's all they had together, right? I'm not comparing this to war, but sure. but there's it's the camaraderie. There, you're but there about. is right of something that was shared for everybody to come together collectively to make this piece of product that only they know the inside jokes, what happened on each day, how it was performed. There's few of us that know everything. There's a lot of us that know a lot, and there's a few that know a little. I fall in that category. Yeah, but it's it's still that collective thing that that team will never be brought together to make that thing again. And I think people come into that knowing that it's like a play or anything else that it's that's that's what's special about it, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, I think back to Rhineland, our World War II movie, the actors, you guys throwing around a football. Do you remember that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, because Paul uh, Paul Wendell he played the one of the main characters in the film. Sarge. Sergeant, Sergeant Mike Bowen. Yeah, he always Off brought it on. <laughs> he always brought the football out there, and which you know, in in my mind, I was like, awesome. They're getting along. They're keeping themselves entertained. I don't have to think about that because I mean, I didn't have time to do any of that shit. You know, I was just you know busting my ass uh, because that's what you got to do on a small budget indie shoot. But you you want your your people to be occupied and happy. Right, it's like like shared misery. Like, yeah, this sucks. It's cold, and and we're out here in the middle of the fucking woods and whatever. But hey, we're we're having a, a fun time together. Yeah, in sports terms, you call that gelling. Yeah, you know, I've coached a lot of sports over the last two decades, actually, and the the teams that do the best are the are the ones that seem like they just they're friends. You know, they're having a good time, just like on a movie set. You want to have a good time when you're on a movie. So I know there's some serious moments where you know you got to pipe down and really get your shit done or whatever. But uh, if you're not having fun making a movie, then you're you're not going to last very long at all. No. Just like uh, some kids uh, that I coach, they they just don't have fun playing the sport. They're just not having fun, you know. And and 
you know, they may last a year or two, then, then, the, then they're out because it's just not for them, you know. But on the movie sets that we've been on together, it, the gel happens. It, and I think it's, you have to have it happen. No, you set, you set the right tone to begin with. I think we set the right tone because you're coming on to a professional where you only have to focus on your job, which is key. Because when you get a bunch of guys sitting around, what, what do soldiers do in downtime? They find things to do because they're bored. Yeah. Perfect set, perfect thing. Not you coming up and going, hey, guys, don't throw the football. You might hit the tent, right? No, you have, as a director, producer, you have to let that stuff go. It's a controlled fun. There's a time and place to have the fun, mm -hmm. like outside or understanding where your boundaries are. And I think everybody just finds that. And there's always people to kind of keep other people in check. To understand, like, especially people that don't know. Yeah. Right? I can't do this on a set. You can do it outside because you can't hear us, you know, if you want to do this. But I always think there's there's always the veterans looking out for the younger guys on a set. Mm -hmm. I always like to see that because some people, even on our set, were brand new. Uh, I know a lot of our background actors have never been on a set before, and they wanted to stay in there the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, it's great, but you got to stand over in this little corner over here because <laughs> see all this? This is my pan across, and you'll be in the shot or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're kind of over there looking, you know. But yeah, it's it's just that kind of controlled, fun excitement that as long as you can keep that up, I think that's what you end up getting is that bonding. Yeah, it's cool when you do have somebody kind of green. It is. And I love it. After their first takes, they're nervous as fuck, you know. They're all nervous because it's their first time never acting or being in front of the camera before. But, man, they just want to do so good. They're like, hey, did, did I do okay? Did, did, did I get it? Did, did what? I can do more. Well, you know, right. I just, and when you see somebody like that, you're like, man, you're part of the team now. You, you really get it. You want to do as good as you can to make this bigger thing happen for everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, from that. the crew side, some of the folks on Red Knight from the crew, they were, they started out just going, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do every time. And then by the time it was over, they were running things. Yeah. They were yeah. doing more jobs than, and it's just like, man, you pick it up quick. But man, you, you jumped in with both feet and you own this. That's, it, it goes one of two ways with, uh, <laughs> with new crew, like with, with grips and PAs, let's say. Either they, they do that where by the end of the, into the shoot they're 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 running things you know they're using their own initiative or on the other side of the coin after two or three days they bail out never see them again the relationship thing is is super important to me in fact just uh last week i got to speak in front of some seven eighth graders for a drama class mm. i only had about 45 minutes I and mean, they they all wanted to know brock just got like done talking about him what's it like to make a movie what's it like to be an actor are you a real actor uh, you know, what do you do to become a real actor? How's a movie made? I'm like, I cannot fit all of this into 45 minutes. So I was kind of all over the place. But uh, getting back to the relationship thing, is I told him, the very last thing I told him, I said, the biggest thing you can do making movies or in life in general is to be good to other people. Treat them really good. Because honestly, about every acting gig I've gotten besides auditioning for a commercial here and there, I'd... I'd gotten attention from being on the set the previous set and somebody else was on another movie and uh they're like hey you, i think you might be good for this movie you want to come try it out and a lot of times i've gotten other gigs just from being a good person and and <laughs> and they needed somebody else and i i got jobs from it from just having relationships with people well just being a good person on set i think is key like you said is just being that contributor I guess, on a set. What I like about it is when we go places now or have guests on, there's that sense of, I know exactly what James Dean is going through. 
Yeah. I know what's going through his mind. I know his worries. I know his, you know, trepidations are when we go to somebody's screening now. You know exactly what. And everybody who came to our screening that didn't even have anything to do with the film is still part of our family or that community. And they know exactly what we're feeling. They know that nervousness. They know that, you know, they're going to come see something that, that they weren't part of, but they know we made and they're excited for us. I think that's bigger, the extended family, when you look at independent film community. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just about being good to people, but you, you need to value them. You can be nice to somebody, but if you really value them for what they do and contribute, that's, that's key. So putting no. on events like the, 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 the premiere we had at the High Point, I mean, they, they showed up and they contributed. You know, and that's valuable to me that they came up and out in droves and supported our film. I mean, it's because we've all built relationships with all these people, and they supported it. I thought it was very cool. Yeah, no, I think that's that's key. It's like going to your kid's play, and you understand how much work they put into it. Yeah. Or you go to your cousin's something, or it's any anything something puts together that you know they put time, effort, energy, and really cared about putting it together. That's what's important for showing up. I think people do that on a movie set to try to get the best product. And I think people do that when you go to premieres or that big extended family in. I mean, even what like Suki does with some of the stuff she does with her theater and yeah. all that, you know, they're putting on something for somebody, go support them as your as that extended family in the community of theater, movies, arts, whatever it is. Well, I know Greg hasn't spoken a whole lot, so <laughs> <laughs> he's the quiet one in the family. He's, he's the one who orchestrates all this. So. I know. I got the email, so let's talk about this. I'm talking. <laughs> well, talking about like well, like you said, Chris, when you're directing a movie, it's there is no downtime. You know, there really wasn't any downtime for me on Red Night either. But uh, you still find those moments, like you, you talked about, everything everything's going by in a blur. But it's it's really the energy you get on a film is cool. But if you were a total dick, you know, as a director, that would bring down everything and everybody as the head guy. And what you do with that, everybody and keeping keeping people light, you know, jokes, having a good time instead of everything so goddamn serious, you know, uh, I think that that says a lot about how you direct and then what you mean to other people that are on your sets. Well, I, I think that's it's important. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we're trying to make a product to sell. Right. I mean, we are not everybody is some I, I just watched a, a video that had sort of the three levels of, of filmmakers, like the A level, which are like the people at the very top, like, you know, the Spielbergs and the Scorsese's and, and whatnot. And the C level, which are the people at the very bottom who are just doing it for fun. They just they just want to make a movie, want to get together with their buddies and they don't give a damn what happens to it. Then you have the B level, which is the biggest group, mm -hmm. which we fit in, which are people who are, are doing this. We have the ambition of the A level, but we have closer to the resources of the C level. True. <laughs> and, you know, I think uh, you, you have to you have to approach it with with kind of a light touch and allowing people to do their roles on the set. I think you do a good job of that, especially when you don't feel like you have to take that on. I think early on you thought you had the burden. You did have the burden oh, yeah. of a lot of it. But as we move through our movie filmography or whatever, you've had less. Yeah. It's... And on this one you had. But I noticed on this is you didn't care what Kathleen was doing with wardrobe. As long as the wardrobe came to you the way it was supposed to become, the way we discussed it. 
So you didn't care what she was doing. Care if she was there, she right. So it was, it was because she's a professional and she did her job. But there was also somebody else behind the scenes making sure that that was happening. But you having not to worry about that changes the way your thought process can be, and maybe the demeanor of how you can or can't be on a set. Oh yeah, very much. I, I mean, I just think that's that's key in having, I guess, the connection or the community all kind of jive. I jive. I like that word. No, I, I, We're I jiving, man. No, I see that because I saw when <laughs> the, the times it did go off the rail is everybody wasn't on the same page or something else happened and we had to have conversations like, hey, we're here a little long on the one night with the bikers, right? Mm -hmm. There's always gonna be disagreements, that's what sure. family does. Or like when the alarm went off, right? You and I had to have a conversation about going, yes, we all want the same thing, but there's two different people kind of managing it. Yeah. You know, so you stop managing it, let me manage it, because that's my job, you just worry about when we're ready to shoot, right? But I think that that's what happens as well, but if you can identify those, disagreements and move forward for the greater good, I think, you know, it's going to be a, a better set and you're going to be able to hold that cohesiveness together. I don't know. Yeah, we really don't have a whole lot of disagreements on this, the film as a whole. There's just, every now and then, there's some shit that happens. Shit that you gotta happens. Address it. Gotta address and it. And we do it in a professional way because we do respect each other, you know? It's that camaraderie we've made over the last, uh, however many years we've been together. So, uh, yeah, man, it's all about the relationships. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's important to point out that it's not all just wine and roses, right? No, that <laughs> no it's as, not. as a family has those disagreements, there's there's things like that that happen on set, and if they're handled properly, respectfully, and that, then I think you can get through anything, even when you're replacing cast. Yeah. Or you're having to make difficult decisions, or you're having late nights, or you're doing all these things. I think that's all part of it, but still, it's family. It's a lot of people come together in a short period of time to make a collective project and if you manage that properly then you're going to get what we got with red knight no I, I think back to all the films there was always some sort of critical tipping point where something was going to be completely fucked up if we didn't make something happen mm -hmm. like every every one every feature had some instance of that that moment of panic like oh my god we're going to lose everything if if x happens mm -hmm. right? really and that's every film and whatever you do in the future, it's going to have the same thing. You know, you, you can you can cover all your bases and still find out something's uncovered. Nah, I agree. Because what do families not have? Families don't have money. <laughs> what well, do film directors know? We don't have money. <laughs> some families have money. No, I know what you're saying. Not but, this one. But I was just thinking about what families argue about or what, like, the things that kind of come up in that. I'm just comparing it to family because that's what you said, man. Hey, we are family. I know. The 8 so, millimeter family. Yeah, that's right. Chris Gregg. Rob Roberts and Chris Mackey. Don't think yourself. <laughs> well, we got anything else to add to this? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't. I like the family though. I'm surprised you guys hadn't said anything about my nice little Santa cap. You know, love it. I told you that. I thought we did. I I don't know. You said I dress festive, but I kind of went all out with this <laughs> Santa cap on. No, ho. My feelings are hurt. Ho 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 ho. Okay. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Christmas been over for three days, buddy. <laughs> All right. Anyway, to wrap it up now, yep. uh, I guess what we have left to talk about would be the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens of true independent filmmaking on the Any Film Sucks podcast brought to you by 88mm Productions. Uh, it's out there. I don't know. People are watching. Check us out. Yep. Stay tuned for updates Tell on the movie. Check us out. Tell people. That's right. 
That's all we need. We, we know need. you're listening. Yeah. Get somebody else to listen. All right. Or watch. Check Peace out, out my hand. That's Santa Cat. Good night. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast.